The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. No, I just forgot how Did the you, intro works. You forgot how the intro we, we've been using for 120 episodes now? Yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. I wanted to, um, um, because I want to start off the day with some cool new gear talk, mm-hmm. um, we're going to pause the recording and I want you to watch a minute and a half video with me. And then oh, we're going to pause right after the, the intro. I, I know. Isn't that, isn't that great? I mean, if I could play this on our thing, then I would, but, uh, um, I don't want to get into that because that's, that's more like advertising. Well, at least tell the listeners what we're going to watch. Well, we're going to come back and uh, we're, we're going to watch a quick Chris Lord Algae um, video. Okay. Uh, which, of course, makes everybody happy because he's such a pleasant person. Okay. So we'll be right back. Yes. Yeah. And that's about the point where he starts bragging about um, how awesome he how is. How awesome he is. Yeah. Um, which we don't need to listen to. But yes. So, so I saw that the other day and I got really excited. Apparently, it was announced at NAM. Yes. Yeah. Good. yeah. Um, apparently, the chauffeur is also our. Well, it's trying to keep us on track. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> are you going to pay for that later? <sighs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So, what do you think? Uh, so, according to the according to the Aventone release, these um, these new CL CLA. Uh, 10T, I think, is the uh, um, CLM, CLA 10. CLA 10. All right. Um, I will just not buy them out of principle that I don't like giving Chris Lord LG money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Um, but what they've done, I guess Aventone has been, I guess Aventone has been making um, replacement uh, speakers for CL, uh, for, um, shit, what are they called? NS10s, um, for a couple decades now. And they decided just to take that production into the full speaker. And so they recreated the, they recreated the, the tweeters. They recreated the, um, the box. Um, of course it's, they're still an unpowered monitor and they're at least by the sales pitch. Excuse me. At least by the sales pitch, they um, they're supposed to sound as awful and gross as the originals. Why not? <laughs> I kind of dislike this about our industry. I I just why can't people make something new? Like why does it have to replicate all the old classics? Like everybody's trying to create the U eighty seven or this or that microphone. They're all trying to recreate these preamps. 
Like I just, I'm tired of like the same, the consumeristic nature of it. Well, I, I get the consumeristic nature of it. I just, I dislike that it's all just let's replicate things from the 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe some 80s in there. <laughs> SSL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because all that stuff is the reason why music was great back then. It's just like, no. How about we make something that modern technology it makes great these mm. days like that's what they were doing back then is pushing the technology as they had it yep. to make something great and there's <clears throat> only like a handful of companies that are taking modern day technology and doing something awesome with it it well, seems like everybody else is replicating old shit doesn't that come from the consumer demand though oh i know I know because majority of people want their old gear, but they don't can't afford the old gear. And like, I'm just looking at it like, why can't we make stuff that's just as good but cheaper? Because we have technology that'll allow us to build something. Well, you're no you're no different though, right? I mean, if you had the opportunity to have a have a set of um, or a pair of um, Pultec style EQs, you jump all over it, right? It depends on the price that was presented to me. It does depend on the price because you have no money, mm -hmm. right? And <clears throat> that's kind of the you know that's kind of the position that we're in. But if you had money, you'd have a pair of sure. Pultec if I had because money, you I'd... like because you like as you said a number of times you like that butterfly curve that it creates, mm -hmm. right? Same time though, why can't somebody make a better version of it? better version of the Pultec? It's yeah. called a, a parametric. Well, I meant like having <laughs> the ability to have two bands on the same band and then cut or boost. I don't know how you improve on that though. I don't know. I, I'm just saying like a more modern version of it. It doesn't have to replicate the Pultec. You can't, you don't have to just be, oh, we need to have all the features that the classic has add something fair enough fair enough but i mean there are there are lots of uh, take the u47 microphone for example mm -hmm. there are lots and lots of clones out there that all make an attempt to try to improve on it you know they want to improve the high frequency response they want to improve the proximity effect response um or get rid of it which i I don't know. I don't like it. I, I like that the technology is allowing us to get rid of proximity effect, but at the same time, I want proximity effect for, well, proximity effect. <laughs> well, is it turn on, um, turn on, turn it into omnidirectional mode, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the, <clears throat> if we weren't as a society, if we weren't, um, constantly in love with, um, with uh yesteryear uh, production companies or equipment companies wouldn't they wouldn't do anything with it you know they wouldn't make gear that um well 
don't know. There's some that do the things I like. Like Aston microphones, I really like them because they're not trying to recreate anything. Yeah. They're trying to create stuff that they think is going to be useful in the studio. That's right. That's what I want out of companies these days. I don't want the 50th rebuilding of uh, a Neve 1073. Because there's already a flood of them. Like, <laughs> I have choices for right a long time when it comes to that preamp. Yeah. Because everyone and their dog is making that preamp. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just wish companies would, you know, maybe do their own thing. Maybe do the cloning a little bit, but then, you know, maybe release something that's yours. Lots of companies do that, though. They might be really well known for their clone of something, but they do their own thing. I don't, know. I don't see that very often. I just see the clones. I think you need to look. I think you need to look more into the the boutique um, companies, yeah, the, the, the smaller companies, because companies have also that whole my nose is up high and I'm going to charge them, you like three thousand dollars for my box that has almost no electronic components in it. Uh, like the Shadow Hills Master Compressor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to name one. Mm-hmm. A lot of the boutique stuff is like that, though, where it's just, my nose is up in the air. Right, but then you're left with the companies that are that want to sell en masse, and it's just so much easier from a research and design perspective to take an existing design, something that's already popular, which you can ride on the marketing of, then create... Uh, a buzz about your version of that product for three ninety nine American. Usually, the buzz is we've made it within these tolerances of these parts. At least that's usually how they advertise it at NAM. Fair mm-hmm. enough. I just gloss over at that point. It's like <laughs> I don't give do. a shit. Most people do though. But I actually understand that stuff, and I just don't care. Mm. I, I I really don't understand that stuff. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's so that's the one, the one uh, exciting new piece of equipment. Um, the next one is uh, Clark Technic has continued their um, their trek down memory lane. Okay, so they have the Pultec, yeah, which is which sells really well. Yeah, they have their eleven seventy six, which sells pretty well. Mm-hmm. But I see tons of them for sale used um, on the used market, hmm. so I'm not sure how exciting they actually are. Um, But you can pick them up for a good deal. Now they've come up with this. Uh, Their own version of uh, of an LA-2A, yeah. Yeah, it's a two-space version instead of the three-space, right? Um, But uh, not a terrible price. No. $4.99 American. $4.99 American is pretty good. So they're, they're... they're competing with and underselling um, warm audio, warm and stam. Have you heard about the stam? No. Uh, or have you heard of stam audio? No. So they're <clears throat> they're one of these. Uh, they claim to be a boutique manufacturer, um, but I think they're business model wise, they're trying to set themselves up similar to um, uh, warm audio. They have a very similar product line to warm audio except they've been doing it a little longer hmm. and they're based out of Chile. 
Okay. Um, I heard, I hear a lot of mixed reviews about their customer service on, um, forums, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, Glenn Fricker has, has a stem LA two a okay. and says he loves it. Hmm. Um, hard to tell though, his video, his video of love for it is, doesn't have his usual excitement. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I like the idea of, of, um, n- unlike you, I don't mind the idea of clones of stuff. I don't mind it. I just, I'm tired of the flood that is the, the clone market, which is, seems to be the entire market of pro audio gear. I just feel like it's oversaturated and that more companies need to present modern ideas. That's, that's what happens when, um, when patents expire, right? Is that what's going on? Patents are just expiring. And so everyone's jumping on all these. Yeah. uh, Because, because traditional patent law is something like 50 years, right? Um, so once something is 50 years or older than, um, now I, I'm, I'm sure lots of people are going to take issue or find fault in the well, actual details, but we're not lawyers, something like that. Yeah, we are not something like that. Um, after 50 years, you can, you can take a design and make and, 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 and replicate it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and that, that's what happened with the, that's what happened with the pull tech. Um, that's what happened with the 1176, um, and, uh, and I, I assume that's what happened with the LA-2A here. Um, and it, see an opportunity to make something super cheap in China. Cause that's where I, I assume most of these things are made. Not anymore. Well, if these tariffs go through. Tariffs came into place today or yesterday. Okay. On both sides of the North of Canadian and U.S. border. Yeah. The trade war has begun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking I don't understand of, how the United States thinks they're going to win against that economy, but that's very fair. That's very fair. Speaking of the trade war, I spent a good portion of way more time than I should have, but I was, I was babysitting some clients while they were using the studio. Okay. So I had some, had some time to kill. And I hunted up and down for Canadian made pro audio gear. Right. And I found some interesting ones. Well, there's flock audio. Yeah, but I, I, I but I'm not interested in that thing right now because not for the price anyway. Yeah. That $1,700 for that is a bit steep. Uh, it's a lot of money and I, and I don't want to criticize, um, Darren and his team, because I don't know mm-hmm. what goes into that. Well, I I don't want to speculate that there isn't a lot of work in there. It, but mm. the the thing is, is anyone who's looking at it is going to compare it to a traditional patch bay setup. And if they can do that with a traditional patch bay setup, they're going to For lean a third towards of the that. price. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, <clears throat> I think their big thing is. Their big thing is they're hand making everything locally, right? Cool. Absolutely. Um, and so that's, 
it's it'll the, certainly it's the add thing. to the the price for sure because labor in canada is not more cheap. expensive than yeah. it is in other countries but at the same time at the same time i mean i don't think i don't think um the mid-level guys like you and i or other mid-level studios or whatever are the target i think because it's but the high level guys are all like they all have a patch bay i absolutely and it's going to be a tough sell to existing studios but new new builds new constructions i can see well i would i'm budgets. in that new build construction or but whatever you're, market you, but you're in the middle of the range you're yeah. in that you're in that range where budget is absolutely a concern right so so there's two different markets that i see him going after and that's the that's the big budget new builds mm -hmm. and they still happen at a frequent enough pace sure but there's also there's also the the part-timer home studio guy that's got a decent job that um that he looks at something like this and he says that can clean up a ton of my mess and allow sure. me to integrate some cool outboard gear and it's only 1700 bucks sign me up but the large majority of the market is going to be your mid-range working mm -hmm. studio and let's face it we don't want to pay two thousand dollars for a single unit patch bay thing like sure it'll it, clean things 64, up 64 point is that right uh 64 point yeah or yeah 64 two yeah 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 with the two in the front which cool i don't really care about the two in the front like well, get I, rid of that i, I care less i see i don't i don't specifically the price is way more than i would spend but i well, could see i wanted to get two because then that would give me plenty of space to mm -hmm. to upgrade and have a more complicated rig without right. having a nest of cables. But that would be like 30... I don't know. 34. 34 American. Because it's 17 American, right? Or is it 17 Canadian? I am... Um, I never, I never did actually look. Not sure. I just saw the price tag of seventeen hundred, and I assumed Canadian because they're a Canadian company. Yeah, that's fair. Flock Audio. Is that uh, patch price? Here we go. Um, Flock Technologies. Oh, well, that's okay. That page is not there anymore. Uh, what? What? Pre-order. Here Pre we go. Pre-order. Your looking, website looks okay. nice. It's it's not working properly on on my um my older older computer. <laughs> so I'll let you take. I'll let you look for it. Um. Uh, yeah, about seventeen hundred. Doesn't say Canadian or U.S. Hmm. Says seventeen hundred. Yeah. Uh but import taxes and duties will apply. And that's fair. And then there's like shipping saying three to five months from time of pre order date, which 
like to me i would almost want to like email and be like can i just pick it up when it's ready <laughs> well you probably could because they're local yeah right yeah but like i said i can i can see i can see a home studio owner that that i has... would love to have this thing it's I just don't see the value of seventeen hundred dollars for sixty-four point patch. I I understand, I understand, but your your vision for your studio is a lot bigger than the average home studio owner, and I could see yeah. one of them who's got a ninety thousand dollar a year job, or we're in Alberta, it's one hundred fifty thousand dollar a year job. Yeah, who spends six days a month in their studio, um, just having fun, just having fun buying one of these because of the convenience because of how much cleaner it makes I, I they're all computer think he based anyway after like the higher end market i just yeah. come on like something like this would be perfect for the mid-range guys if you could price like if you could find a way and to make it cheaper and there'd be you'd have so of, much more sales a lot of i'm because because they've been at this for a year and a half now or two years now right i'm sure a lot of a lot of what their um what will happen over the next couple of years you know assuming they assuming they keep it up uh is the price will slowly come down as they pay down their research and development debt mm -hmm. um and as they start moving more and more products and they start they start uh producing higher quantities and on and on and on right like improve i improve on the design yeah improve on the design as with Soft 2.0, right? well, I guess you only need 2.0 for just saying just the control, this goes right? here, back, and yeah. yeah. So you don't need 3.0. No. When you 24 volt DC. Yeah, but none of that really matters, yeah. though. No. Right? Because it's all, it's, it's all just take part one of these and just look at the components. <laughs> Uh, you should call them up, call them up. See if you can, um, if you can test drive one. Yeah, I should, I, I don't know. He's pretty unresponsive. No, I didn't email or, or anything like that, but on Facebook, he's pretty unresponsive. It seems. He's on Kijiji every day. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Looking for more gear that he could trade his gear towards? No, no, he's on he's on Kijiji every day, um, posting and reposting his ads mm. for the studio work, anyway, right? Oh yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. Yeah. It's ah, well. There you go. How about that for a new product instead of a clone? I, or is this too much of a clone? No. Of... <laughs> I I like this thing. I just don't like how I just don't like the price. Pricey it is. And that's fair. It, it is. If he could find a way to make it cheaper, I mm. think he would have. He would open himself up to a larger market. Yeah. Absolutely, and and you know maybe like I said, maybe over the next couple of years they find ways to do exactly that. Maybe. Right. I'm um, hoping that he goes through Yorkville for distribution. 
I have a feeling that they won't have distribution for a few years until their product lines become well, he, more uh, popular. I don't know. He mentioned to somebody that like, uh, um, the pre-orders exist for when the, and now, or the pre-orders are so you can buy in before they have distribution. So I, I think they're going after some distribution right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. If, if, if they're making that big of a supply, yeah, like that's I, awesome. I hope that they're able to yeah, build up a, a supply to, to sell. Yeah. Roland and I were talking, um, late last week, I think. And, um, cause Roland, Roland doesn't really, he doesn't really get excited about gear. He does, you know, he does, he just doesn't really care. Right. He puts microphones in front of things and he mixes things and it sounds good. He doesn't care about this stuff. Um, and, uh, and I'd mentioned to him that you'd found the price of these guys and we talked about the price and, and then he, uh, and then he asked, is that a, is that a good deal? Cause again, he doesn't, he doesn't pay attention to the, the gear, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, 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 it made me pause and think it's like, I don't actually know if that's a good deal or if that's a good price. The only thing I know is that it's three times what I might be willing to pay uh, again. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, it's not marketed. It's clearly not marketed towards me. Probably would... be willing to pay a thousand dollars for one of those. Oh, and I wouldn't. No way. No fucking way. That would be on the tip top of like what I'd want to pay. But I would need, so I would need 12, I would need 13 of them to be able to keep, to, to be only... able to replace what I have downstairs. I think currently it only works with up to eight. Yeah. And, and that just wouldn't be enough. I would need 13. Wait, no, there's 64 point. Yeah. I, I'm wondering like how no, big right. is you're your right. hardware? I would need, I would need eight. I would need eight. So you would need the full eight. To... Yeah. yeah. So, so that would cost like $8,000 for a patch bay. Or 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 at this price, that would cost almost sixteen thousand. Yeah, there's so many things I would rather spend sixteen thousand dollars on. Yeah, including paying off debt, <laughs> so that I can have more money at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's too much for a patch bay. Yeah, uh, like can... at the end of the day, you're just you're just telling mm-hmm. Signal where to go. Yeah. And I don't see why that has to be that expensive. You know what I do want though, patch bay wise, something I don't have that I do want. And I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at figuring out how to build this. Mm -hmm. Um, I want a speaker level patch bay so that I can connect guitar heads Mm -hmm. with guitar cabinets Right. Via patch bay and not have to climb around behind. Then I can build myself the, the, um, the wall of amplifiers again. I miss that thing. (laughs) Not that I have room for it, but I miss it. That sounds like it'd be a pain in the ass to build though. 
I don't think so. Cause it's just, it's just through and through, right? Through and throughs, right? So you have everything connected on the back. Yeah. But um, you, if you're going to be connecting ahead, you would need to make sure that there's always a load. Yeah. But you make, like, you make sure that like, you don't leave all the heads on all the time. Yeah, I know. You know, so you patch but it together. If you're going to have somebody coming in and like wanting to patch their their head into Absolutely. a cab, it's just like. But that's you would have to be either sitting there babysitting them and making sure that they don't do anything stupid, mm-hmm. or you have to find a way to have like a kind of like a load box in that patch bay, so that if they do unplug the cabinet, at least the load box will automatically take the load. Is that how that works? Load boxes are throughput. Most load boxes will still use a speaker as like um, to do the load or whatever, but um, y- you would need something like that where it's like yeah. if it disconnects, you automatically go to this path uh, so that it's it's not instantaneous damage, right? Yeah. Like, like if, well, I know it's not instantaneous, but it it would be better to have that thing react as soon as somebody disconnects. It it would, it it would be the type of thing that you'd need supervision on for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No questions asked. You'd need supervision. And so you'd have to get supervision. What else do you do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not the end of the world. Um, Not the end of the world. I just, I, I think that would be. One of my concerns if I was building such a yeah. patch bay. And that's totally fair. That is fair. Um, what other Canadian companies did you find? Oh, yeah, right. See, this is why you're here, to remind us. Okay, so um, Advanced Audio is, um, they're one of the still standing um, uh, microphone builders. Okay. And they... They do a combination of importing from China and rebuilding. Right. Um, as well as, goodness, excuse me, as well as building from scratch. Right. Um, but uh, they've also started releasing a um, dual channel tube microphone preamp. Okay. Uh, and they are in the works on a um, compressor. Haven't released any details, just there was a little note on their website. This is, hey, our next project is blah. Um, and I've, I hear a lot of great things about their microphones. So I've always been really interested. Um, but it's never been when I've had money. Right. Right. Um, anyway, so, so there's them. And as I was digging, I found this, um, I found this company called Sonic Farm. Um, they're based out of Vancouver. Okay. Just like advanced audio, they're based out of the out of BC, um, and it's a it's a couple of it's a couple of dudes from the old Yugoslavia. Okay, that uh, immigrated to Canada. They went their separate ways for a while, but they were always they were always playing in bands together and working on electronics together. Okay. Anyway, so they've come out with um, they've come out with a really nice line of inspired by gear okay um like the very first the very first unit is called the uh the berliner pentode preamplifier okay um and this is how they describe it i really enjoy this 
Are you a vintage sound aficionado, but don't want to sell your children for a single rack Telefunken V76? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't have any children to sell. <laughs> Which means you don't have value. <laughs> have kids so that you can sell them. <laughs> How much do fetuses go for? <laughs> Um, well, in the Asian black market, I've, I don't even want to know. <laughs> anyway, so they got they got stuff like that. Um, they have a uh, a saturation preamp. Um, they have a bass preamp with that, that's tied to a uh, thousand watt amplifier. Okay. They have a, uh, a tube direct box. Cool. Um, and they have a signal conditioner, they call it. I don't know what that means, actually. That would just Even, be a power conditioner, wouldn't it? It's not a power conditioner. It's a signal conditioner. Um, it says, uh, are you a front of house mixer engineer who uses, a, who uses digital consoles or a mastering engineer who often wrestles with harsh sounding mixes? If either is true, this box is made for you. Yeah, I, I could dive into it, but I won't. Hmm. Um, but then the thing that got me the most excited is um, they also they also just recently released a um, a 500 series preamp. Okay, and I have one 500 space slot slot. Okay, and it's it reasonably priced. It's um, 850 Canadian, which is pretty good for that's decent for preamps. Yeah. Is Again, it designed after anything or is it their own? Uh, da, 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 da. It looks like, um, it looks like it's, uh, okay. So it's a dual servo loop, dual stage servo loop. Um, no capacitors in the signal path from input to output. Um, solid state anyway. Okay. Uh, it has, a, uh, the output has a solid state or transformer um, output path. Oh, that's cool. So you got um, two flavors of preamp. And, and, it's, and it says when in transformer mode, the silkworm sounds very similar to the 1073. Okay. Uh, this I was mean, not, he says, this was not intended. It just happened. Well, it has a completely I mean, different design approach. It, it so. makes sense because the 1073 is mm-hmm. transformers. That, that that's why it sounds the that's way it the does. the sound of transformers. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm pretty excited about about uh, possibly buying Canadian, which is um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since the American market will like probably soar out of our price ranges again. Yeah. Because not only are they going to suffer from tariffs, but then there's probably tariffs on their products to yeah. come in here yeah so it, yeah i'm not i'm not looking forward to the like 50 percent tax mm-hmm. yeah it, and having gone going through this um going through this process made me made me long for the days when we had more you know, because there's, there's still like Ward Beck is still a Canadian company. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And while they're not, I don't think they're making consoles anymore. They're still making um, broadcast gear. Right. Uh, and I, so I, I didn't include some of those. There was a, I found a boutique manufacturer out of, um, out of Toronto mm-hmm. that hand builds um, aviation audio, I think it's called. Okay. Uh, that hand builds um, tube gear, n- new designs, but they, you know, super tuby, so they sound kind of vintage anyway. But the starting price for for his pieces were like thirty four hundred. Jeez, you know, boutique, right? Everything, everything's handmade, made one at a time, and yeah, blah blah blah. Um, and then, of course, the big one that I that I feel like I missed out on was um, vertical microphones. It was a uh, Winnipeg, a Winnipeg company that every part short of maybe they bought some individual tiny components from overseas or from the the states mm-hmm. but everything was manufactured in canada from the capsules to the body to the grills to the circuit boards okay um all made in canada right there in winnipeg but they're no longer a company they lasted they lasted about 2 years oh and uh and then do you remember Kell microphones? K-E-L microphones? Uh, I've heard of them. I've never played with one though. Yeah, they were, I have, I have one downstairs. Um, they were, uh, they were one of those um, new design uh, microphone companies that just had everything made, made in China to their design specs. Okay. And um, they were pretty good. They had a pretty great reputation for the, five or six years that they were around, but he wanted to take a step up. His name was Kelly. That's why Kel microphones, right. but he wanted to take a step up and, um, and make an actual, um, microphone built in Canada and where it's hundred percent built in Canada. Right. And, and so that's what he did with vertical microphones, shut down Kel, opened up vertical. And, uh, I know there's, there's a bunch of them out there. And if I can ever find one, I'll that, jump all over it. But uh, that sounds like it was a bad business decision on his part. He should have kept Kel open if Kel was doing okay. That's kind of what I thought too. Um, but he really wanted to focus on these new ones. So well, um, that's fine. You just put yeah. somebody in charge of the company in your stead mm-hmm. while you focus on. And that way, if Kel is doing okay and you're all Canadian. Yeah, company is not. You can have the parent company helping out the. That would have that would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it all it's also possible. I've seen those same designs pop up for other microphone manufacturers, um, like smaller um, type of microphone manufacturers. Um, so Are I, those I, microphones like stupid expensive now. The Kel microphones? Uh, not Kel. Oh no, uh, vertical. If yeah. you can, if you can find one listed for sale, um, I, I haven't seen one listed for sale in, well, since 2015. Hmm. Um, but they were they were selling for between 15 and 18 American is what the microphones were selling for. They were designed on a cleanest possible signal path. 
Um, the capsule is the foundation of your tone. Um, no switches, um, nothing in there that could create noise or distortions. Right. Yeah. The cool concept. Yeah. And I wish I'd, I wish I'd bought in, um, but I never had the money because <laughs> they're much more expensive. Well, that wasn't all that long ago. I'm just, I'm seeing a, uh, forum post 2013 about the new all Canadian made vertical mics. Yeah. Vertical. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. So like I said, they, they only lasted a couple of years, right? Um, yeah. It, anyway, it's, uh, with this whole, with this whole trade war thing going on, I figure it was, it was time to. Well, I mean, it's just how things are going to go with us is we're either going to have to be okay paying the crazy tax that mm -hmm. is going to be on everything, or we have to yeah. buy gear that like, luckily Canada and Europe aren't in a trade war. So that market is still open to us at a cheaper right. price range. Yeah. So hopefully anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either that or we start looking at, uh, at British and European made stuff instead of American made, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not like there's a shortage of that. I'm, I'm going full tilt into Aston. Yeah, right. And they're, they're a company that seems to be doing it right too. Because it's like everything's made in Britain. Yeah. Like the capsules manufactured there and stuff. And then combine that with shipping it over here mm -hmm. and selling it. It's still like a $500 microphone. Yeah. Yeah. More companies can learn from that where it's just like you can make a high quality product and still price it reasonably. That's right. Well, I, I won't be surprised though, if those microphones become eventually become more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It all, I mean, it'll all depend on their, on their business philosophy, right? You know, are they getting into the market really cheap so that they become really popular or are they really cheap because they found ways to build really effectively? I think it's more the, they found areas where they can save money. Cause like they don't spend money on packaging. Yeah. Like it's just a cardboard box you get really. Right. No colors on the cardboard box either. It's they just, certainly didn't spend any time making things look pretty. Yeah. Although it's got so an interesting microphones. Yeah. They're, they're, they're interesting. Yes. Right. They stand out, but they are fucking ugly. I, I can see that. There's certainly <laughs> people who don't like the look of them. I think they look awesome. Yeah. Um, they've had a couple of releases recently. Have you, um, Aston has, uh, or a couple of, um, notices in, Aston microphones. Um, like maybe they announced something in NAM. I, I, I don't follow NAM. So. Nothing. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know goodness. that there was an interview with them uh, 
earlier in the year. Yeah. And they said that this year they are going to announce some things. Mm-hmm. Um, it sound like it was a very vague statement where like it right could now. be anything, but it, it did sound like there's a possibility of another microphone okay. announcement. Cool. And if there is another microphone in the works, then I am definitely interested because I, I just love that company's philosophy of like, we're building stuff that is useful, not we're building stuff that already exists. Like their shock yeah. mount is awesome. The sh- isn't their shock mount just a Rycoat? Nope. They um, they started making their own, eh? Yeah. All right. I'm I'm uh, going look. It, the Swift shock mount. You yeah. sure that's not a Rycoat? Uh, they partnered with Rycoat for a little while, but I think something happened with that relationship, and then they okay. just went, okay, we'll make our own. And they came up with that thing. I see. That's, which uh, is... It's an interesting design. I like it. That's actually, that's really creative. It is awesome. Like, and it like doesn't take forever to put your microphone in it. Cause it's just yeah. squeeze it open, squeeze it open. It releases. Yeah. Um, and so, so for the people at home that can't see what we're looking at, um, it, uh, it has two, it has three rubber, rubber grabbers. One that's permanently, permanently fixed to the back of the shock mount, um, and two, um, two that are on like hinges. Yeah. Spring loaded hinges that, um, you squeeze from behind to release, get the microphone in place, yeah. let go. And it grips. And I imagine, I imagine they're, yeah. Um, well, they made rubber. it so that it would be able to fit microphones larger than their own microphones. Like their intent mm. is that you can use this on anything. I don't know the or, the the origin and the um, spirit are both they're pretty they're pretty large, large but body they size. intended this shock mount to be able to hold something even bigger. Are they selling this? Um, Long McQuaid selling this? Yep, we just got some the other day. What's the uh, what's the price? I think it's seventy with the uh, the pop shield. With the pop shield, shit, that's a good price. I think. Let's go check out the shitty Long McQuaid website. Hopefully it's even on there. They have like an entire division and they, or they, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, they still have the Aston um, Rycoat shock mounts listed. Oh, here we go. Swift Shield Pop and Swift Mount for $125. Or just the mount for um okay. So I might have pri- I might have quoted you a price that I wasn't supposed to quote you then. <laughs> well, you were probably just thinking of the of the of the shock mount itself. Uh nope. I was probably looking at like gave a number <laughs> that was uh You're not supposed to reconfirm that. I gave you an out. Oh like Yeah. Well, whatever. It's too late now. <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that's, that seems like a really good deal. I mean, 125 bucks for a really great, what's possibly a really great shock mount and probably a really great, um, pop filter. Um, I, it, 
I wouldn't be surprised if I'm going to, because I, I need something. Oh, yeah. $79 for just the, the shock mount is... I mean, that's still good. That's cheaper than the right coats. The right coats are like a hundred bucks. Yeah. The, um, this, the, the right coats range from uh, hundred to 120 for the, um, yeah, depending on what colors yeah. you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just, I gotta be honest. I, I have, um, I have one of the right coat, uh, ones that came with, um, the cathedral pipes. Mm-hmm. And it's functional. I just don't like it. I avoid it. It is functional, but it is a pain in the ass to have to screw everything. I think it's a nice looking shock mount. Oh, for sure. But yeah. It's a pain in the ass. It adds time to... To a setup. A setup, yeah. I end up using for for our um, U87, or not U87, for our, uh, uh, for the cathedral pipes, I end up using one of the... um, one of the ones that came with the, uh, sorry, I just hit the microphone. One of the ones that came with the, um, the Kiwis because they're the same body size. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I just use, I just use that guy. It grips nicely. It's got a little rubber sleeve inside. Um, and it's so much nicer than, yeah, so much easier, not nicer. It's so much easier than, well, yeah. I'm going to probably return my right coats and get several of the Swifts, yeah. I think. It makes sense. For the, the price of my ride coats, I could have even more shock mounts mm-hmm. that looks even, well, well, I'm assuming it's going to be up there in the quality of everything else that Aston makes. So I would think so. I, I, they don't want to, they don't want to release something that's going to detriment, be a detriment to the performance of their own microphones. Right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and like their philosophy is like, we don't announce it until it's ready. Exactly. Anyway, it's a good thing I don't need more microphones because I don't need more microphones. I do. <laughs> hey, um, do you have specific needs? Can I sell you stuff? Because mm. I, I, I definitely have more than I need. What do I need? I need more 57s. I got two. No, I better keep my, my I two. I should get a 58 or two. I will sell you both of mine. Okay. Well, depending on the price size. <laughs> yeah. Always dependent on the price. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just microphones that I'm like not excited to buy, but yeah, I know that I need you to have a collection. Something. Yeah. Um, my overheads, I'm going to get some starlights right. to start off. That's fair. I'm going to buy some more spirits. I th- I'm thinking that I'm going to, st- like, I currently have two. I think I'll buy four more. Have six of them. Yes. All right. Have you done much? Um, this is one of those things that I rarely take into account when I'm considering a microphone. Have you done much stacking with them to find out how they stack? No. Because that... That's something that seems to be a really big problem with some microphones and not a big problem with others. And I'd be really curious to find out how, um, how the, uh, the origin and the spirit stack. Hmm. 
because especially if, if you're planning on getting four of them, um, I would, I would be concerned about that as a decision-making variable. Mm-hmm. Cause it, what, what, if, what if you run six on a six on something or six on a session and suddenly there's this nasty thing that as all the microphones get summed together, there's this nasty tone that comes out. I, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't specifically expect it, but yeah, you know, well, I, I hope that if such a problem does exist, that it's very small. Mm hmm. Would hope. Yeah. Uh, what else do I need? I need something for drums in general, like toms. Like and, a drum kit, my microphone kit type of thing. Yeah. I, I need something for the kick. I need something for the toms. Uh, I just need stuff for the shells, basically. Uh, you know, the, it's hard to go wrong with the Audix, Audix stuff. Yeah, I, I was thinking I'd probably buy an Audix kit or something. Mm -hmm. Um, what else would I need? I'd like to have some four twenty ones, and I would also like to have a RE twenty. Mm. I don't. I hardly use our both our RE twenties. Hmm. Hardly ever. I, I just want one. I don't think I would ever need more than one. Totally fair. I just uh, hardly use either of them. Yeah. They sound grossly different too, though. That's probably why. And then I would like to start building a ribbon microphone collection, but I'm going to hold off on that. <laughs> and then I would also like to have more tube mics in my collection. Take like, a look at the Advanced Audio um, website, advancedaudio.ca. They're... Um, now, in, in total fairness to them and to the things you hate about companies, they make a lot of clone-ish type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't mind it. It's just that the market is oversaturated with clones. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but they have a, they do have a lot. Oh, they have a dy they have dynamic mics now too. Oh, just the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've, I remember seeing that logo before. Yeah. They. Uh... They look interesting. They they almost have that like old school, forty seven look. Hmm. Well, and, and, and I, I think that's because they, they're cloning a lot of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like they have a, uh, they have a 414 clone and they have a, um, 47 FET clone. They have an 87 clone that they've had long, long, since long before cloning in the 87 was a thing. They also have, um, they also have, uh, um. Reasonably priced too. Yeah. It's all US dollars though. Yeah. Um, I, you know, if I was, if I was rebuilding my microphone collection, this is probably, and assuming I was buying new, mm -hmm. this would probably be where I'd, uh, where I'd go with a lot of it. Oh yeah. They have a Sony, what is that? C800? Yeah. For 
less than a thousand US dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's um, it's officially ten percent of one tenth of what uh, the real thing costs. Yeah, yeah. It also doesn't have the massive heatsink coming out the back, right? Good, because that thing was ugly as sin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still tube though. Yeah. Yeah. Microphone preamps. Yeah, I think they only have the one preamp. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still like a dual channel preamp for less than a thousand bucks. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, right. And built in Canada. So, I mean, that's good. Mm-hmm. Dynamic microphones. They just have the one. Oh, it looks like a RE20. It's the, um, it's the body from, uh, uh, the, the road or the, um, no, the art, the art, um, it, it's even got the same number 20, um, cause they're all clones of the RE20, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, that might be, yeah, those guys might be a company to look into for mm. growing my, my tube collection. Yeah. You know, and it keeps you in Canada. Right? Yeah. I, I don't mind overseas. I'm just not going to be buying American because, I mean, it's just going to automatically be priced out of my budget anyway. It could be, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to keep a keep an eye on it for sure. I don't I don't know the full list of what they are targeting, so. I just know that it's like billions upon billions of dollars of stuff. Yeah, but it seems, from the American side, it seems all limited to, to steel, aluminum, and... Um, and automotive stuff, right? Now, I mean, I know there's there's steel and aluminum. Uh, I think they're currently whole, like, though they're limiting themselves to that. For now. For now, yeah. until the NAFTA talks, like. Yeah. Just go down drainage. <laughs> yeah. Although I think Canada and Mexico are looking to just start their own thing, potentially, if the NAFTA talks do. And that's fair. I mean, I mean that, what do but, you expect? Like, that's what's going to happen is just Canada and Mexico will be like, okay, you don't want in, we'll trade with each other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and leave you out. But both of them want the states, right? Like it's... Well, it makes things easier. Yeah, it it does, but... It's just, it's it would be better for everybody if the states was involved, but yeah. the states doesn't, or well, this current administration doesn't seem interested in doing what makes sense. <laughs> I saw someone online, no, someone on um, Global News the other day talking about how this president isn't swayed by reason or logic. Um, and so hopefully that really doesn't come into the audio world, but... Maybe we're a small It's already affecting the audio world, though. Yeah. Let's get into that next week. All right. Meaning we won't get into it next week. Probably. <laughs> All right. 
We didn't get into half the conversations, but we'll see you on the Follow time. our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.